a lot of yeah, I'm going to go live it. here first. Give me a beat to get to the other computers, and then you can start. How long is a beat? I'll give you a beat. All right, we're up now, so we get to make funny faces. Oh, are we live? Yeah, we're live. This is actually my first live broadcast. Really? Ever. Up here. Thanks for uh, uh, doing it Doing it here. Ever. I didn't want to bring it up until it was actually recording, because now I feel like it's real. I'm excited. It, it is real. Hi, everybody. <laughs> uh, I'm Paul Redham with the Homesville Realty Group at Compass, and I'm joined here with Alejandro Juarez, who is a, a mortgage expert, mm -hmm. and we brought him on because, you know, we get a lot of questions about mortgages, and I, I kind of know stuff, but... Um, I, I thought it'd be nice to bring an expert along. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. You know, since since we uh, got rid of our original HUD statements and now we've moved to the Altus statements right. or whatever, I have been a little bit in the dark about, you know, it's not my old HUD statement anymore. Right. Exactly. So, the, the old school HUD statement was one that I got when I purchased my first home. And actually, the reason that I began to train this class, what we're going to talk about, closing yeah. disclosures and estimates, was because of that HUD disclosure. Um, when I purchased my home, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know anything about mortgage. Right. And I went to a bank. They gave me a mortgage. For all intents and purposes, I thought it went well. Closed, signed, and was done with it. And years later, I became a loan officer. And then I thought to myself, I wonder what they did for my mortgage. She went back and looked. So I went back and yeah. looked. And I was really honestly kind of upset because I thought to myself, why didn't they do this? Why didn't they tell me about this? Why didn't they add this to it? All of these things that I should have been educated about right. that I wasn't. And it was really frustrating for me. So I put together this class. I've been teaching it for a couple of years. And, um, and for me, it's really just about educating our clients. That's wonderful. So you have this mission of don't let anybody else get screwed with mortgages. Pretty much. that kind of happened to Pretty me. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. That's cool. That's exactly right. I like it when people have a mission. That's, that's what it's been. And I feel like uh, this... We train a lot of different types of classes. Yep. This one, without a doubt, has been the most popular one because it is the end all. I mean, it is talking about everything that is going to you know, turn out in the wash when you're done with your mortgage, when you're done and ready to sign. That's really cool. Well, uh, uh, we, only, we have a limited amount of time, so For sure. let's let it rip. Okay. Yeah. Well, the first thing I want to talk about is just bringing up uh, the fact that when you're, when you're in the process of purchasing a home, you're going to get so much information an overload of information. And when we're talking about um, closing disclosures and estimates, uh, there are some things that you need to know. The first of which is that you're gonna get different formats of these estimates. And they're broken down into you know, essentially four different types. You're gonna get a worksheet, you're gonna get the official loan estimate, you're gonna get preliminary disclosures, and then you're gonna get your final closing disclosure. And that final closing disclosure is the actual amount that you're gonna pay, pay on closing day. It has all of the exact figures, they are done, that's what you're gonna sign on the dotted line for. But it's a long process before you get there. And the first of those is the worksheet. And the reason that this is important, and I always try to remind my clients, is that the worksheet that gets sent out is very um, rough. And yeah. there isn't a lot of, in the way of compliance, to hold people accountable for what those worksheets say. So the worksheet's like cocktail napkin math. Pretty much. Like, let's take a look at this it, from 20,000 feet up. That's exactly yeah. right. So okay. you'll have clients that will get a lot of worksheets and they're making decisions on, based, on based off of those worksheets. And that's really what I want to talk about. You yeah. definitely should not do that. Okay. So mm -hmm. the worksheet is, is just a guesstimation 
uh, from a lender. It is a guesstimation. With, with no recourse. With no real recourse. Right. And in, generally, in general, that happens during the pre-approval stage, which is fine because at that time there is no property. We're not exactly sure what the home is going to be. Right. So it's normal to get a worksheet. Yeah. What isn't normal is to get a worksheet when you're further on into the process, and that usually doesn't happen. The real, the real important part about those worksheets is to to begin to understand that you have the power and the ability to ask the question why. And one of the things that I find clients don't do is to ask about what options they have. The worksheet that we provide, because we do worksheets as well, yeah. is, is based on creating what we think are the three most viable options. And we put it on work, one worksheet side by side by side so that a client can look at what, nice. what so would happen compare. exactly yeah. what happens if I do FHA yeah. conventional down payment assistance how does that affect my interest all of that stuff sure um, but what happens normally is that the worksheets get sent out and it is this is your loan this is what it's gonna be yeah and a, a person that has never purchased a home before doesn't realize that they have options that they have the ability to ask why am I in this type of loan? Right. They probably think a lot of times that they should just trust you. I mean, that right. happens on our side of the ball too, a little bit, but like. And, and ask me if, yeah. if this sounds about right, but most people will just simply look at one thing, which is what is the monthly payment? Can right. I afford that? Great. Let's do it. Yeah. But they don't realize that they have so many other options and or better they ways. They could have done much this. better. Or, they could, yeah. or that they could have done yeah. much better. Yeah. They could have improved on that. Yeah. And that's really important. The second part is the, the loan estimate. Yeah. The loan estimate is an official, actual legal document that gets sent out to the borrower once we have a contract and once this contract is official. So that's what I see at the end mm -hmm. of the day, the loan estimate on that, that people are held accountable to. Correct, exactly. And that loan estimate is really important because it starts showing you a little bit more of the, the reality that you should expect from that mortgage option and from that lender. Yeah. The one thing about loan estimates that's tricky is that there are certain elements of that loan estimate that lenders will be held accountable for and certain right. elements that you can continue to change throughout the process. Really? And one of the first things that you want to take into account is on that loan estimate, it'll say on the top right corner, it'll say that uh, whether or not the rate has been locked. And in general, at the loan estimate stage, it hasn't yeah. been. And so the lender has the opportunity to change that rate lock at any time because there is not a rate lock yet for that you're particular. Not, you're not locked You're yet. not locked yeah. yet. That's really important because you want to make sure that when you're making a comparison, if you happen to be shopping your rate and you're looking at different lenders, yeah. what is that lender, where is that lender currently compared to this other lender? Compared to the other, so we, that's the time to shop. That's the you time to shop. You go get loan estimates and mm -hmm. shop with those. And I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. a lot of people make the mistake of shopping at the pre-approval stage. Yeah. Before there's even a house. Yeah, I, I try to get people to wait until they're you know, in the saddle with mm -hmm. the house before they start really uh, yeah. uh, uh, committing. You have to because the at the pre-approval stage, nothing has happened yet. Yeah. And what what I do with my worksheets and all of the estimates that we provide, we, we send an overestimate. Yeah. I always tell my clients that I'm assuming that anything that can happen wrong yeah, well, is going to yeah, happen wrong. That's great. And as we start finding out that these things don't, and will not occur, we start removing fees. So that what they end up with is better than what they started. Well, that's wonderful. That's really following mm -hmm. the rule of expectations and making clients happy. Setting expectations yeah. is the most important. I honestly, and this isn't a plug or anything, I cannot remember the last time that I provided a loan estimate yeah. where the final came in higher than the estimate itself. 
That's really wonderful. And yeah. I, I take a lot of pride in that because I want my clients to be able to rest assured knowing that we've accounted for all of those things and yeah. that they're not going to get to the closing table and all of a sudden have to pay you know a few thousand dollars more for surprises. Sure. Um, but yes, yeah, so with the loan estimate, it's important to compare and at that stage start looking at, well, what does this lender offer compared to this other lender? After that, you'll get a preliminary disclosure sometime before closing, usually about three days to plus from closing, yeah. which is a little bit closer, usually Hopefully by then you're locked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we send our CDs 10 days. We send yeah. a 10-day prelim CD. Oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. And by that point, usually the mortgage structure has been determined and we're yeah. good to go. And then the final CD, obviously, three days before closing and all of the numbers are fine. That's wonderful because there's always this rush to figure out how much money do I need to mm -hmm. bring Right, and part and of the reason... Everybody knows until the last second when titles put it together and you guys have put it together. So part of the reason we do that is exactly for that reason. We yeah. send a prelim CD 10 days before closing and we send wiring instructions so that the client knows at least this is a roundabout of where we're going to end yeah. and these are the instructions for me to wire or provide the money to the title company. And we always make sure that they confirm with the title company that the wiring instructions are correct. We get our information through a secure portal directly from the title company so we're not just going based off of emails that are going back. We try yeah. to make sure that that's We really avoid careful. fraud that way too. Of course. I mean it's a lot of money that's Big going deal. from one yeah. end to the next. I've heard some terrible stories. Luckily we've never been a part of them but you want to yeah. be really careful about wiring large sums of money yeah. and you Man, want to check with the company. People's lives get destroyed like they destroyed. not only they don't they can't move into the place they thought they were going to move into but in many cases they've lost their uh, I mean you have wealth. clients that are that are you know wiring a hundred plus thousand dollars yeah. sometimes for their down payment and closing yeah. costs that's a a big chunk it's of a money. big chunk of change mm -hmm. and in, and oftentimes it's money that people have been working for their entire lives and yeah. we don't take that lightly yeah. so we want to make sure that everything is being run through our secure portal that's good at all times it's really good okay so the next thing I want to talk about obviously we have those four items we have the worksheets the loan estimates the preliminary disclosures and the final disclosures um, you know given the amount of time that we have I want to kind of fast forward to some of the things that clients can look out for in terms of protecting themselves sure and this is partly this is actually all of why I've put together this class and the class in general is about an hour and a half long we're condensing it to about 20 minutes and here comes the meat guys. here comes pay, the pay meat. attention <laughs> a couple of things that I think and, and that are really bothersome to me about this industry there are a lot of people out there that will do everything they can to take care of their clients yeah. and to guide them to make good decisions Everything that we do in, in our branch is about honesty, integrity, and accountability. That's beautiful. Preparing our clients and making sure that they have the information necessary to make educated decisions about their future. But it is really frustrating because sometimes you know we might get uh, an estimate from someone else that, where they say, hey, look, this is what they're offering. Right, when you're shopping. A great example is of one that I wish I could show it to you, but of one that I got recently and they're saying hey well you know you're saying that we're at a certain rate and they're saying we're at this rate right and I, I started looking through the estimate that they got and i realized that they're getting a great rate right but they're paying seven thousand dollars your way high but they're paying seven thousand yeah. dollars to buy that rate down yeah and there's nothing wrong with that there are strategies to purchase a home and I'll, that could be a strategy yeah. but there's a difference between 
openly understanding what the strategy is and hiding things in the numbers. Yeah, people need to know where you're making the money. Exactly. I found it's either on rate or it's on there, you know, origination fees or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. And one of the most important things about mortgage, I try to tell everyone that they're just simply, maybe I'll get in trouble for this, but there's no mortgage company on the planet that makes money off of ma- giving money away for free. Yeah, it doesn't work It, it doesn't work that way. No. And there are a lot of really great programs. There are 0% down programs. There are programs that do really low um, down payment assistance programs, really low closing costs. They give you all of this cash. All of those are strategies. And if you understand what the strategy is and how it works, then brilliant. Yeah. But if you don't and or people are using these marketing terms to nab you and not explain, I just don't think that that is... Well, let's take advantage of the consumer. Of I mean, course. Like, 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 we all want you to be able to feed your family right. and take care of life mm-hmm. and buy a car and do all the things you need to do. But, um, you know, like understanding what we're getting into, I think, is key. And I, that's beautiful. And you can, But you can do it right. And you yeah. can break down these options yeah. for them and, and allow them to understand. It's transparency. When you get a, an estimate or a closing disclosure. There are a couple of things that I look for immediately to find out where the mind is of this lender and yeah. how they're preparing this loan estimate. Yeah. The first thing that always comes to mind is the days of interest. The days of interest that that lender is estimating that client is gonna pay. Mm-hmm. To me, that is a dead giveaway of their mindset because as a loan officer, right. if I don't have a contract and I have no idea when this closing is going to be, Let's say the client is shopping before the contract comes in and they want to make up their mind before they even go under contract right. because that does happen. Right. We might get a loan estimate and that estimate shows that that lender is charging just one day of interest, right? Oh gosh. So yeah. that to me is very disingenuous because there's no way for anyone to know at that what? stage when you're going to close. That's not setting expectations hey, very well. Yeah, our cat is requested to be... <laughs> And so to me, that's really disingenuous because we, what we're trying to do is prepare our clients. We're not trying to shave as much money off of this disclosure as possible. We're trying to show them like, this is where it could legitimately fall. That saves you so many headaches going Mm -hmm. down the road. Like at the time when you make that worksheet, it's probably about winning, but Mm -hmm. like, like down the road, you got to explain, Hey, you know, the interest days yeah. of interest. If you're closing yeah. on the first of the month, you're going to yeah. collect 30, 31 days. If you're closing at the end of the month on the last day, we might only collect one. But yeah. at a stage in which we don't know, yeah. I, I just simply always do 15 days that's and I great. go from there. That's that's something that won't necessarily tell you a lot. Maybe they're charging you, well, maybe they're charging you 14 days more um, when it ended up, you know, finding out what the closing date was. But it does give you an idea yeah. of where the, that person's frame of mind is. Because sometimes what they're trying to do is take away as much money as they can. It's really interesting. To I make had, it look like I it's going to be better than that. it is. Like, yeah. So that's is one a, for is me. There's a quick way to like for see sure. where these people are at. Because if I'm sending a loan, a loan disclosure, a loan estimate that's saying, you know, we're collecting 20, 30 days or 15 days, then my closing costs are higher. Right. So someone could say, well, hey, our costs are lower. Yeah, then you have to explain it. So right. it's really about education. It's really yeah. just about education. 
The second one is unexplained rate buy-downs. Well, hold on. Let's go back to this uh, closing date thing sure. and days of interest. What I've always told people is, hey, there's just no free ride. It doesn't mm-hmm. really matter where we end up in the month closing. Mm-hmm. You're either going to pay interest or you're going to pay it there closing. Correct. Is that true? That is. I got that right? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, if you're essentially what I try to remind my clients is that they are going to pay somewhere around a month and a half or they're not going to make a payment for about a month and a half. Right. And in general, how it works is if you're closing whatever day in the month, let's say you're closing um, September 15th, then you're going to pay interest for September 15th all the way through to the end of the month. To the 30th, so Mm -hmm. we can start. Exactly. On October, you won't make a mortgage payment. You'll pay your first mortgage in November for October. It's because in your payments are yeah, because your payments are in arrears. Exactly. So I have to borrow the money before I can pay interest. Correct. Off, right? You're essentially paying sense. interest yeah. for the month of September yeah. because you're not making a mortgage payment in September. Which which explains and I had to go through this this morning why interest is uh, on our payoffs when we go mm-hmm. to sell. Yes, exactly right. There, it's always more than what you see on your statement. You have you, to get a true payoff because yeah. what you see on your statement is not including all yeah. of that interest. Yeah, that's absolutely really cool. right. Yeah. So that's really important to me is the days of interest only because it gives me um, an insight to where that lender's mind is, mm-hmm. what they're trying to do and how they, how they, are operate. Really, how yeah. they operate. Because I, I, the moment I see that, I bring it up because I just, I just think it's one of those really disingenuous it's things. It's telling, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to quote well, 1%, one days of interest. Right. If I really want the deal and I want to show my cost low. Right, Exactly. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do 15 if I want to be fair to the possibilities right. on either side and mm-hmm. explain that. Right, exactly. And if you wanted to be really, really conservative, I suppose you could put 30 or 31 days. But I think 15 is fair enough. It's in the middle. We don't yeah. know yet. And we'll find out once yeah. we have a contract. Yeah, I don't want to upset Chris Voss, but like that's splitting the difference. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool in this case, I think. Exactly. Yeah. So the, the next thing would be um, unexplained rate buy-downs. Um, yeah. And this comes on your loan estimate and also on uh, worksheets that should be listed. And this is the famous, famous in my mind, the, the waving kind of golden carrot. You know, it's, yeah. it's getting your mind somewhere else when something else is happening at the same time. Oh, it's a little... It's a little hocus pocus. Switching bait or yeah, like whatever. it's sort of. I, I mean, there's a fine line because it's not nece- necessarily um, illegal or against compliance. Again, yeah. it's just telling about the way that lenders do business. Unexplained rate buy down. Right, and so the way that this works is when I send a loan estimate or when I quote rate to my clients. I'm quoting them the honest rate. I'm quoting them what the rate is right. without me buying down their rate or charging them additional you know, points to buy down their rate. Right. I'm just telling you this is what is your par rate, which essentially means your free rate. It's right. free to you, free to us. We're right. not going to charge you for it. So I could potentially say to someone, hey, your rate is 3.75. Let's just Depends on their hot button, right? Like, For sure. So if the, somebody's hot, if I'm an unscrupulous lender, mm-hmm. I might identify rates a, a, a very important thing. Mm-hmm. So we bring up the closing cost a little bit, For right? Sure. 
And if closing costs are a hot button, then you you flip that. You it? you flip it, yeah, yeah, to some degree. I would I would say that there are not you definitely. Like, yeah, well, no, and it just depends yeah. on this again the strategy. And for me, it's just about disclosing this to your clients so that they know what's yeah. happening. If I were to say to a client that the rate is three and a half or three point seven five, but they really really wanted to be two point something or three or whatever, yeah, then I would just simply tell them, listen, we can get there, but this is yeah. what it's going to cost you. We can do that, but it's expensive. Exactly. Whereas yeah. what you see a lot a lot with different types of transactions from people that are willing to take advantage of others I see it a lot in builder deals if I'm if I'm being honest yeah and what happens is that the the first first time home buyers don't have the experience to understand where to look and I have a client right now who was given a three point I don't know seven five something like that and they were really excited about it and they thought you know that's pretty decent you know not bad and come to realize they are being charged about $7,000 to buy down the rate to that point. So their true rate, their par rate, yeah. is really 4.5, 4.625. But they had no idea. That's really, that's really frustrating. They didn't have any clue. But the waving or the carrot here yeah. is that in that situation, the, the sale is we're going to give you $7,000 worth of closing costs yeah. to go towards your closing. To, yeah. Never mind the fact that I'm charging you $7,000 just to get your rate to a respectable place. Right. So it essentially just cancels itself out. It's even. But it's like, even. But like you have uh, a lot of people get their, in the lending business from what I understand, mm-hmm. it banks and it builders, that's where people get their teeth cut a lot. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. And, to me, and to me in those situations, there's nothing wrong with that so long as the client understands yeah. what is happening and that you've sat down with them and said, look, this is the strategy that we're going to use for whatever reason. But in this situation and in many situations I've, I've encountered, yeah. that isn't the case. The yeah. clients are surprised. They have no idea that that's even something that can be done. Well, I don't, I don't know that those lenders either at the, at the banks and at the build, with the builders that are getting paid less and all this stuff even understand that. I don't feel like they've had I, enough experience. To yeah, like, it would be difficult for me to comment on why or how they do those things. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard for me to imagine that they don't know that they're doing that. But I suppose yeah, I, that is possible. I mean, it is. It's just one of those things that the moment you get your loan estimate, you want to find out what your rate is. But on the top left of the first page, or on the top left of the second page, you'll see a section there that's called origination charges. And it'll tell you there in that section how much you're paying the company for the business of the mortgage, of closing the mortgage. And it'll also include origination charges and rate buy downs. So if you see a large number there, you should know automatically that that rate that you're being offered is contingent on you also paying this. I wish they put it on that form as a seesaw. It'd be Wouldn't nice. That be cool? I mean, I know a lot of people are not big fans yeah. of the new of the new CD that goes out. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of you know contention about whether that should be the form that we use. But that is the form that legally we're bound That's to use. We have, and so know. we just try to do the best that we can to explain how yeah. it works. Um, in a simple, a simple way, if you're right now in the middle of a closing and you're going to close your home in the next week or two, or you've got a final CD, I would tell you this: look at that final CD. And it's really simple. Page one, page two, and page three are the most important. Page one is a general summary. It's a general summary of everything that's happening with your mortgage. Uh, The monthly payment, 
the amount of interest that you're paying, whether or not the interest is, is uh, fixed rate or variable, how much your escrow account is going to be, and at the very bottom it has what your closing costs are, are for, that, for that closing. That's page one. Page two should be an itemized breakdown of all of your fees. Everything that is being charged on the loan in general is going to be on page two. So the loan costs from the lender, origination points, mortgage insurance, uh, escrow account, all of those things should be there on page two and they tally it all up. And page three in general has another summary of the original loan estimate that they gave you in comparison to the final CD. And you'll also see on the left-hand portion of that cl this closing disclosure, you will see things like credits from the seller, credits from any place that were necessary. If you've got prorations for taxes, mm -hmm. all of those credits will be on page three. So if you think about it that way, it might be a little bit easier for you to break down that final CD. Yeah. General summary, itemization of fees, and then a summary of all of your credits that you're getting back. And that's where they would make any adjustments if they needed to by law. Mm -hmm, sure. Right? If, they, yeah. if they needed to make adjustments for, let's say sometimes things come in last minute yeah. where there might be an amendment or there might be a lease back yeah. or there might be you know additional costs for a warranty. They would usually put that on page three and say that the right. credit is being accounted for in the closing. Um, I know that that closing disclosure can be really, really confusing. And that's why when I talk to my clients, I tell them, this is the loan estimate. This is the worksheet I'm giving you. Yeah. I want you to hold on to it. I give them a hard copy and I tell them, I want you to use this to keep me accountable to what I promised oh, that's you. That's wonderful. So that when your final CD is out, I'm going to call you. We're going to go over that final CD together and we're going to compare it to what I promised you. And that way, the client at that stage, you know, they, they understand that we're doing things right. We're not trying to surprise yeah, them. Yeah, there's no uh, slick willy here. I tell people, yeah. I'm an open book. I mean, you're going to ask me a question. I'm going to give you an honest answer. Yeah. It might not be the answer you want, That's but okay. I'm going to give it's you an honest answer. It's a reality. It's the truth. You exactly. Know, you gotta, you got to run with the truth every time. Yeah. And it is, um, it, it is definitely a much broader conversation than what we've condensed, condensed, sure. condensed it to for sure. But as long as I think the, the general summary of this conversation is as long as you feel like you're in a place where you're comfortable enough to ask questions about why you were put in that certain mortgage, yeah. why certain things are this way on your closing disclosure, ask those questions. Don't be afraid to hold people to task and hold people accountable and protect yourself because at the end of the day your lender should be your number one friend that person should be helping you make decisions that are in your best interest in the short term in the long term whatever the case is don't be afraid to ask that's exactly right asking like what your options are i think is i think options are the most important thing yeah. i didn't get any when i purchased my first home zero options it was here's your mortgage here's the deal and i looked at it and i thought that i mean that works i could do that per month and i signed it well i hate to say it but i'm glad that happened to you because clearly it lit a fire <laughs> it did and now you're going to save people thank you so much you're for very being welcome on thank you live and i hope um, this was helpful I, I suspect it was. And uh, before we go, where, where are rates today and what do you see coming? Well, there should be uh, an announcement today, I think around 2 o'clock, for what the Fed plans to do oh, with uh, rate cuts. 
And um, I, I, in terms of compliance, I don't know that I'm allowed to state a specific rate, so I'm going to keep that. You think it'll go down or up or stay uh, the same? Everything right now seems to say that it's going to go down. Yeah. Now, in general, that doesn't necessarily That's directly the Fed, impact right? yeah. the mortgage rate, but people make decisions based off of those announcements that ultimately yeah. affect what rates, what occur with rates. Um, rates are fantastically low right now that's what i can say that's just really beautiful and they're going to stay that way it seems think? that yeah. way yeah we had a little bit of a blip last week where they jumped up for a little yeah. bit but it's still in general they're incredibly low we, I've, we've been doing a lot of refinances for clients that bought a couple of years ago yeah that were you know close to five four point eight four point seven you know a year or two ago um and it it you know refis are it's popular working. right now for yeah sure. well mm -hmm. for good reason so I keep uh, uh, trying to explain to people sometimes when the Fed lowers their rate that that doesn't correlate necessarily mm -hmm. with what happens in your world. Right. Because tell me if I'm wrong, but like the secondary market, they trade on what they see as inflation. Mm -hmm. And that's what really drives your side. Right. And, and they're, I mean, completely... Um different markets right we have the stock market totally so. we have second mortgage bond securities market and they act in general um in uh, how would you say uh, opposite. opposite to one yeah. another when you see the stock market is booming and people are taking their money and putting it in the stock market you see a decline in the mortgage bond securities and right. rates usually you know go up right now there's so much volatility there's so much uncertainty that rates have improved because of that um, but it has also been volatile. So at one moment they're really great, and then we have a really bad day. Yeah. If you if you want to follow what's happening specifically with the mortgage bond securities, you can go to a great website. Um, it, I want to say it's mortgage bond securities dashboard, and it'll keep you in tune with what's happening every day, specifically with the mortgage bond securities, so that you can see if you should be locking right now, if you're okay to continue to float. In general, my advice is that if you're under contract and have just recently gone under contract, that in this market, with all of the volatility, you should probably lock as quickly as you can yeah. because it's very hard to predict real what right is now. gonna happen tomorrow or the day after. It is very volatile. And if you, if you lock, I assume you can float down. So right? in certain cases, you can, flo the, the floating down thing is really complicated because in certain cases when you've locked and yeah. let's say the market improves like a gigantic amount yeah. what you can do a lot of times is split the difference with your lender really right because let's say it improves where you could go from four and a half to four point three seven five well there's not a four point four five in between there somewhere so there has to be enough of an improvement yeah. where there there can be a split of the difference yeah. but I always tell clients that the lock is there for a reason Right, you are essentially saying to yourself that you want to curb the risk out of this, right, out of, out of this equation. Yeah. So when you're locking, I mean, for all intents and purposes, you're locking your rate based off of that yeah. specific day. And so you have to be really certain that you want to lock your rate. I've, yeah. I've had it happen a lot where that exact scenario happens with clients, sure, I mean, where you lock and then the the mortgage, you know, bond securities improve drastically. Yeah. But I've also happened ha have it happen the other way, where we've locked, you'd lock and, and the floor worse, falls yeah. out, and they're just so happy yeah. about the fact that we locked. And so it's always kind of a double-edged sword when when that happens with clients. I always remind them that you know if it would have gone the other direction yeah you would have been really really happy about yeah. doing that and so locking is very very complicated but right now in this particular market 
um, I would tell people to lock as quickly as they can. Because it's already so low. Because it's already it's so low. low. You've already won. Sometimes I kind of bring up the example of uh, kind of like winning the lottery. Yeah. People will win the lottery and then they'll say, well, where am I going to invest this money? You already won the money. Yeah, like you like, won the lottery. Like, like there's no, just be happy with it. Yeah. Um, and so in that, in this situation, rates are incredibly, incredibly low. I would say lock, protect yourself. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, go from there. There are other people that are willing to gamble a little bit more. You yeah. know, my wife is from Vegas, so she might be one of those people yeah. that says, hey, Maybe. let's float it and let's see what happens. Yeah. And they're okay with that. That's fine. But in general, most clients want to just secure what they have. Well, very cool. Well, thank you so much. I think we could go on all day. We could. I really appreciate Absolutely, you being especially here. To me. And thank you guys for paying attention. And uh, Alejandro is available to you to uh, ask questions and uh, uh, figure out loan stuff. You know? Yeah. If you, ha if you have any questions, feel free to reach me at alejandrocuarez.com. Uh, you can reach us, check out videos, trainings, all of that stuff on my website. Thank you all.